1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Oh, and first pitch, watching deep left field. This is Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, and Chris.
0: Welcome to another live draft edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Stanfield joined by Scott White and Chris Towers here for our final 12 team head-to-head points draft of the offseason and this one we're playing out it's one of our two listener leagues and should be a ton of fun now i did not plan this i randomly generated the draft order last night chris and scott are drafting back to back at pick seven and eight so i'm hoping this causes quite a bit of controversy Uh, tonight what's going on scott
2: are you ready there is going to be no shortage of controversy this draft, and I, I don't think it'll have so much to do with Chris and I picking back-to-back because the thing about these podcast listeners leagues that's especially been true the past few years is they end up mimicking all the things we've told them to do. So, like, we're totally out of our comfort zone because because all of our habits are, are you know, they're, they're the rug's pulled out from under us. We're ending up with a bunch of players we never draft usually, and it's it's just the whole thing's just very uncomfortable. So I'm I'm hope it, I hope it's entertaining, but it's uh yeah it's gonna be stressful.
3: So, yeah, the thing about the podcast listeners' league is the people who are in the league listen to the podcast.
2: That's crazy. Uh, Yeah. I I hope we got a bunch of know-it-alls who think we're full of it and just want to do their own thing. That's my preferred scenario. People who who hate us.
0: I actually really think Ryan Mountcastle is a great pick this year, so I hope (laughs) someone listening here winds up drafting him. Uh, Chris, how you doing, bud? Good. He's good. All right. Uh, Let me set this thing up. Let's get the show on the road. Let's let me set this up before we get started here. Again, this is a 12 team head to head point draft. 21 rounds standard head to head point scoring on CBS. One point for each of a walk, single run scored RBI hit by pitch. Two points for a double, three for a triple, four for a home run. Two points for a stolen base. Minus half a point for hitter strikeouts and minus one for caught stealing on the pitcher side, three po- uh, points per inning, half a point for pitcher strikeouts, seven points for a win, seven points for a save, three for a quality start, minus five for a loss, minus one for each of a walk allowed hit earned run or a hit batter. We also have the standard head to head points lineup on CBS one of each infield position, three outfielders, one utility bat. Five starting pitchers, two relief pitchers, five bench spots, and three IL spots. The participants in tonight's draft Kevin Richardson, Nick Waterbury, Garrett Hoff, Scott Wolf, two Scott W. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Joe- <laughs> yeah, it,
2: if I could just interject real sure. quick, you see the chat in the lower right hand corner of the draft room. You notice how n- names are displayed first name, last initial. Scott Wolf and Scott W look exactly the same. Scott Wolf has so much power over me right now, it's it's unbelievable. Because everybody who sees Scott W. there is going to think it's me. It's probably not because I'm here talking, doing a podcast. It's probably Scott Wolf. So I just want to clarify that up front in case this guy goes, you know... Totally bonkers on me. <laughs> Way to wait It's to Not me. Scott Wolf. It's the a bus. different Scott W. Uh,
0: that's what they all say. That's what they all say. Uh, other participants: Joel Woods, Jamie Campbell, Mary Wilkes, Elliot Freeman, Ante Jerison, and of course Scott, Chris, and myself. I'm drafting second overall. Chris is seventh, and Scott is eighth. All right, I think we're good to go. Scott, I know you have commish eligibility, so do I. Uh, but yeah, well, I'm in a Scott W. Sandwich. Let's do it. Oh, a Scott W. sandwich. (laughs) Very nice. All right, the draft is started up here, and for those listening on the podcast side of things, we're going to break this down into two different parts, a two-part podcast, so hour one and hour two, so be on the lookout for the second part of this podcast as well. Juan Soto goes first overall, as I expected, and listening to the rankings thus far, and I'm going to go ahead and select... Vladimir Guerrero. I am not going to wind up with the profit pocket unless they are one of my utility batters. Uh, normally in this format, I take a pitcher in the first round. This is the first time I haven't done it in a while, but I'm just going to go ahead and take the hitter who scored, rather, the player who scored the most points in this format last year, more than any other hitter, more than any other pitcher, and I select Vladimir Guerrero. Third overall is Garrett Cole, and we are uh, we're moving and along. Garrett here. Cole. Should be by far
3: the number one starting pitcher in this format. You know, Corbin Burns, sure. you can make a case on a perning basis in a roto league, but the innings gap between him and Garrett Cole should still be pretty significant.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they're close, Chris, on a per game basis, but overall points, I, I think, will definitely favor Garrett Cole this season. Uh, after Garrett Cole went, Jose Ramirez, fourth overall, Trey Turner, fifth overall, and then Bryce Harper. And Chris, you are on the clock. The meat. Of the Scott Sandwich.
3: Mmm. Delicious.
0: <laughs> um, and I'm going to go
3: with Mike Trout. You've got to do it, right? Uh, he's, in this format, I think he's arguably the best player on a per-game basis. Uh, if it's not him, it's, you know, Juan Soto. And there are concerns about Mike Trout's ability to stay healthy. But, you know, when you're picking seventh overall and you get a crack at a guy who could be the best player, I, I think you have to take it.
0: Yeah, especially, again, like you said, in this format, the OBP is just fantastic. The OPS is going to be awesome. Just stay on the field. I have Mike Trout as a top six player in this format as well. And Scott, you are on the clock. Eighth overall, are we going with a starting pitcher or a hitter?
3: Don't think he's going with a starting pitcher.
2: You don't think so? I think he might. I think so. I, think I didn't expect to go with the starting pitcher because I thought others would reach in and grab starting pitchers ahead of me here. It being a head-to-head points leagues, More than one pitcher would go in the first seven picks, right? But I think Trout was the last hitter I was looking to take in this range. I, I think I'm actually going Max Scherzer. Who's somebody already, already in round one, I'm having to do something I have yet to do in any other draft, mock or otherwise, which is take Max Scherzer. Uh, You 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 know, he
3: averaged fewer than six innings per start last
2: season. (laughs) You were were mentioning Garrett Cole over Corbin Burns. I mean, Max Scherzer, we know he's a workhorse. And he's, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I think he's going to be, unless this is the year he falls off, which could happen anytime uh, for any pitcher, frankly, older otherwise, Um, Max Scherzer should be great. So, yeah, he's my pick.
0: I just realized that I am... The outcast here by having Corbin Burns ranked higher than Max Scherzer in this format. So I see the argument, like you know, Scherzer's done it for so long; he's much more proven. I get it, um, but man, Corbin Burns was well, just so awesome last. Year. It's the yeah. innings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but look, if Burns can get up to 180, then yeah, I, I think he'll be in the discussion for you know he'll be a top three starting pitcher. I think if he can get to that threshold. Uh, all right, after you took Scherzer, we see Freddie Freeman. Corbin Burns and Walker Buehler. All right, so those starting pitchers starting to go off the board. And as we've mentioned many times this offseason, the past, honestly, past couple of years, whenever talking about head-to-head points leagues, you typically see uh, starting pitching get pushed up the draft board in this format because reliable starting pitching, elite starting pitching just has the potential to score so many points. And it's a shallow hitting lineup that you could find really strong players on the waiver wire as well. So... Uh, Yes. Pitching will go relatively early in this draft, Uh, and Mm -hmm. there you go. We see it at the turn as well, where Mookie Betts and Brandon Woodruff go off the board, and we are into round two. So we had one, two, three, four starting pitchers go in the first round, uh, and so far, two here in the second round. Brandon Woodruff and Jacob DeGrom.
2: All right. Yeah, so I, I think, and, and we haven't, uh, obviously we've drafted a lot more for category scoring than, than point scoring because we have to account for Roto and head-to-head categories when, you know, point scoring, you're just talking about a head-to-head league usually. So it, it just, you know, we haven't drafted as much for this scoring format, but I think you're seeing here like a clear tier among hitters in this particular format where you don't have to extend yourself for stolen bases so much. So you're not going to put Otani up with that group. You're not going to put Bichette up with that group. You're not going to put Kyle Tucker up with that group. And, um, you know, basically once Harper and trout went, we see this run on the, the high end arms that I think makes sense. And that fortunately I had to kick off as uncomfortable as it was. Scott, you are back up
0: on the clock. So after Jacob DeGrom, went 14th overall, Raphael Devers and Shane Bieber, I know, Sky, you you probably would have loved to get yourself some Rafi Devers, so what are we doing instead?
2: Yeah, actually, if if I hadn't gone Max Scherzer in round one, Devers would have been the pick at eighth overall. Oof, so, all right. that's Yeah. Like I said, Otani's not part of this group in a, in a head-to-head points league. I'll take Bichette. I'll take Bo Bichette. That seems like a pretty easy one at this point, especially having already taken a starting pitcher, especially since my top tier just got depleted. That starting pitcher with Shane Bieber going off the board. You're right, I would have preferred to have Devers, but Bichette... You know, he gets he gets downgraded in this format because the plate discipline is suspect. But he's still going to be super productive.
0: Yeah, he was still awesome last year. 3.5 fantasy points per game in this format. Whatever he lacks in terms of walks and even plate discipline, he, sh- he will make up in home runs, total bases, scoring a bunch of runs and RBI. And Chris, you are on the clock here, 18th overall. Your first pick was Mike Trout. What do we got next? Yeah, I mean,
3: Shohei Otani is my number one player on the board. And he's utility
0: only. Angel
3: stack? but I'm going to do it. Yeah, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Let's get the uh, top of the Angels lineup locked in. And um, look, I don't love locking in a utility only player this early in a head-to-head points league, uh, the shallow format. And only three outfield spots especially makes it really hard to lock up that utility spot. But you know, for all the talk about Shohei Otani not being quite as valuable in this format, he was still a 570-point player. So it, it's not, you know, you can you can't you can't say that he wasn't good in this format. He was excellent in this format, and that's comparable to what the top remaining pitchers were. You know, Zach Wheeler was actually more in the five eighty to five ninety point range. Julio Urias was um, five sixty. So I think, like, yeah, we don't expect Otani to be as good as he was last season, but I think there's still a gap between him and the, the other hitters, unless you. You know, really believe in Marcus Simeon, which I don't. I believe in Shohei Ohtani more. So, Ohtani, still the right pick there for me.
0: All right. And Chris, you know I would never do anything to embarrass you here on the podcast, but do you remember last year in this very league, you drafted Shohei Ohtani, but you traded him to me. Do you remember what you hmm. traded him to me for?
3: Um, Probably something that wasn't as good as Shohei Ohtani, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was Kessin Hira.
3: Sure, sure. That sounds like a thing some dumb idiot would have done.
0: I just, I just remembered it off the top of my head because I know you drafted him in this format last year as well, and mm. I think you might have either had too many pitchers or, or too many utility bats or something you know, like that. this is the thing. Why? Why did you have to do that? Why did you have to do that? This who is, who is that? Who are you? This is not good. Nick Waterbury. Why would you select Sandy Alcantara and steal him from me? Uh, <sighs> sure. These All right, are podcast listeners, Frank. Go ahead, Chris. You, can, they you listened. can explain yourself. Oh, no. I was just going to
3: say, <laughs> jeez, uh, I'm better at
0: drafting than managing, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, first tilt session of, of the draft here. <laughs> I really just planned on, you know, just let Sandy make it to me in round two. <sighs> Do I want to take an outfielder? Do I want to double tap starting pitcher? That's a real bummer, man. <laughs> this is not great. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go starting pitcher, but it's not nearly as fun, but it's all good. Uh, sorry, Frank. I wanted Acuna. Well, it's all right, man. I'll forgive you this once. I took Zach Wheeler, 23rd overall, was debating I mean, look, a few different players.
3: Yeah, Wheeler was 110 points better than Sandy Alcantara last season yeah. in this format. That's That's about three points per start. That's pretty significant. You know, I kind of think like 500 is the very, very good mark in this format. 550 is probably the elite. Um, And Alcantara didn't hit 500 last season in 33 starts for for what it's worth. I mean, wins and losses play a big part of that. And, you know, he was only, what, 8 for 13 in wins and losses last season. We expect that to be better even if the Marlins are bad. But that's not an insignificant factor.
0: Alright, at the turn, I've got to talk. You know, I'm trying to figure out what to do here <laughs> and figure this out at the same time. Uh, Alright, so I took Zach Wheeler, then at the turn, Luis Robert and Lucas Giolito. The double White Sox tap there. I don't often draft Leo Rios or Aaron Nola. And I don't think that I'm going to either here. So I'm going to select Yordan Alvarez and He was the one that I was really looking at with the previous pick. I love Luis Robert as well. I think he gets downgraded a little bit in this format because I think he's still going to strike out probably a quarter of the time. Yordan Alvarez just would not surprise me if he puts up some kind of crazy season like what Vlad just did last year. Just like elite four category contributor and especially in this format... We're not talking about categories, but uh, his plate discipline is strong. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He's going to get on base, and the counting stats are going to be fantastic in that Astros lineup. So I don't typically have just one starting pitcher through three rounds of a head-to-head points league, but that's where we're at. I've got Zach Wheeler, Yordan Alvarez, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And 27th overall, Pete Alonso. Mm. All right. Mm. That's before probably Olson. before Olsen. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. earlier than
2: we're used to. Yeah, it's it's fine. I, I think there's more, I don't know. Alonso obviously reduced his strikeouts quite a bit last year too, not to the extent Olsen did. Uh, but I, I think the distinction between them is, you know, I, I put Olsen a little further ahead of Alonso in points than I do in Roto where they're closer to identical. But it's it's not, you know, I can't gripe about it too much. Alonso going ahead.
0: All right, after Alonso goes 27th overall, Julio Arias, Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson and Chris, you're back on the clock. You have two hitters thus far. You have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah,
3: yep. Yeah. Um, that's a tough spot to be in because I think the the top end of pitchers are, are mostly gone. I'm actually starting to talk myself out of Aaron Nola. He was someone I was higher on than the consensus. But man, that Phillies defense could be really, really bad. So it's just a little difficult to get too excited about him. So now I'm trying to figure out, do I want to go against my gut, which would be to just go away from starting pitcher? Do I want to reach for what I think is the top of the next tier at starting pitcher? Do I want to make Scott upset? (laughs) There's a lot of different ways I could go here. I am going to grab a starting pitcher, so Scott can have Salvador Perez if he wants him.
2: That's my rule, baby. You knew. (laughs) You knew. I was going to ask, what's my rule, Chris? What's my rule, Frank? Here we are late in round three. Salvador Perez is on the board. Doesn't matter the format. Doesn't matter the build I have going on. I'm You're going to take him. Salvador Perez. I'm taking him. Yes. The biggest advantage you can get in any position. And the advantage is mine in a league that I care about. Not just a for what it's league. worth, in
3: this format, he's only broken 400 points once in his career. It was 504 last season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if he regresses the the skill set is not super conducive to this skills to this format it's it's like don't it's try not to, hard to s- my pick chris well no i'm just saying <laughs> it's don't not hard to, to imagine that. a world in which will smith plays the same number of if, if will smith played the same number of games as salvador perez it's not hard to imagine a world in where will in which will smith outscores him. the problem there is will smith probably going to play 30 fewer games at mo at least
2: yeah I, I mean the thing is do you buy the breakout from salvador perez two years ago or not because 2 years ago when it happened obviously 60 game season he's not breaking 500 <sighs> points. So, you know, yeah. did it happen? Was it legit? I say it was. And Yeah, he
3: was he was on pace for like 540 in that yeah. season over 160.
2: And like catchers aren't supposed to break 500 points, right? Like yeah. a 400 point catcher probably goes in round 3. Mhm.
0: Chris selected Robbie Ray again, Scott selected Salvador Perez, and then we see Aaron Judge, George Springer, and Austin Riley off the board there. Uh, Chris, I thought you might have thought about taking George Springer, but you just don't want to fill up your outfield spots too early. He really is fantastic in this format, though.
3: I would have been perfectly happy to take him in the next round. and In fact, that's what my hope was, that I would be able to take him, because Mm -hmm in a league where we're not playing against people who listen to our podcast regularly <laughs> uh, he probably makes it to the fourth round um but yeah he should be phenomenal in this format the the counting stats at the top of that lineup should be ridiculous he's got good plate discipline yeah George Springer was on pace for about 560 points last season
0: all right and then Aaron Nola goes to finish out round three and Marcus Semien starts us off here round four, 37th overall. I've recently added Aaron Nola to my Bust 2.0 article as well, and I probably should not care about spring training at all. He's allowed five home runs already in spring training. Last year, he allowed the highest home run per nine of his career, more fly balls than ever before. There's just so much inconsistency year over year with Aaron Nola. He's got a fantastic curveball. Fastball's not good. Changeup comes and goes. I don't know. The defense now behind him is not great. It's a tough division to pitch in. It's just I don't know. You're it, I, hear it,
2: it, I hear it. I hear it in your voice. It's cracking. Yeah. It's breaking. Well, I and don't just, know, man.
3: The the defense is just it it could be a real problem. I mean, that's that's a that's not a nothing concern. This is a team that added two of the worst defensive outfielders uh who are on the free agent market. Those guys are gonna, you know, Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos are gonna hit a bunch of home runs, but that yeah, one's, one's going to be
2: a DH, for what it's worth.
3: Sure, but so this was already a team that was. But this was already a team that was starting a DH, you know, somewhere in Alec. Boom. Yeah,
2: so, and, and they may not be this year.
3: Yeah, it, it just there's not there are not a lot of good defensive players on that team. There aren't a lot of good. There aren't a lot of
2: passable defensive players on that team. I I feel like it's. Look, the Phillies had the worst defense last year. So, just law of averages, it's hard to imagine them being worse than the worst. But they did get worse. <laughs> On paper, they uh, did. Yeah. Uh, in terms in, of the, the, the theory, the players if everybody's that exactly had. the same as who they were. Who was their left fielder last year? Because it's really just left field that's changed, right? Andrew McCutcheon? Was he left field? I, I guess that's probably. I be believe so. Yeah. So that's one position. But they may upgrade at third base if they start with Bryson Stott instead of Alec Bohm. I got to make a pick, by the way.
0: Yeah, let me catch people up, Scott, and then you can think about who you want to select. Marcus Simeon mm-hmm. was the start of this round. And then Corey Seager, Cedric Mullins, and Kevin Gosman. And now, Scott, you're back up. You have Max Scherzer, Bo Bichette, and Salvador Perez.
2: Yeah, so there's been a, r- a little bit of a run on pitching here. And... Oh, boy, I'm going to have to make this decision fast. Uh, okay, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take Charlie Morton. Oh. There's no way I'm getting Charlie Morton for a discount with this group. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, the most hyped player on this podcast, probably.
0: I definitely was not hoping to get him at the end of the fourth round, but I, yeah. I knew it was a pipe dream anyway. You know, again, drafting against the listeners, you guys love him too. Uh, and that brings us to Chris, who also has two hitters and one pitcher. Robbie Ray, who you selected in the previous round, what are we doing here, Chris? Are we looking at another pitcher or a hitter? Are there any hitters that stand out for you?
3: Not necessarily a ton of hitters who stand out for me at this point, um, but I don't know if I want one of the pitchers in this range. It's it's kind of no man's land for me. So I'm just going to take my top-ranked player, which is Andrew Bogarts, and just move on. And Except that I'm probably going to get 500-ish points from him. And, uh, you know... Hopefully that'll uh, that'll be enough.
0: You know that you could have just selected, you know, twenty one year old Xander Bogarts instead and in Wander Franco, Chris.
3: Um, yeah, Xander Bogarts didn't hit for much power early in his career either. That's fair. That's probably about what he was at twenty one.
2: Oh come on. F W I W. Wander Franco Franco averaged three point three two points per game last year. Xander Bogarts averaged three point one two. I would have taken Bogart's first, too, but I'm just, I'm just putting it out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, Bogart's had a weird RBI season last year. Like He was in this really good lineup, and he only had 169 runs plus RBI. I don't think I expect that to be the same again. He had 227 combined of those in 2019. He wasn't quite as good, but I, I think Xander Bogart's is going to be better than he was last season.
0: All right. Let's see what has happened since Scott selected Charlie Morton. Uh, Chris, you selected Xander Bogarts, Max Fried, and then Josh Hader goes 44th overall. And I don't mean to. I'm not going to pick on anyone's picks, obviously here, but you know we've got to talk about the strategy side of things. And Scott, this is typically earlier than we're we're used to seeing a a legit relief pitcher closer type go in a head to head points league.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we think they go too soon in, in Roto Leagues where they tend to go in round three or four. Uh, the first two, Hayter and Hendricks in points leagues, I think it's even even less justifiable because you're not, there are other options for the relief pitcher spots. First of all, every team can only have two. So nobody's gonna get three or four. There's just two RP spots for everybody. Uh, you can include starting pitch or relief pitcher eligible starting pitchers like Ranger Suarez and and Luis Severino. So that, you know, a smaller group that needs to be drafted and a bigger number to select from. And plus, the advantages that Hayter gives you in the ratio stats for as minimal as they are in Roto. They're, they're almost, I'm not going to say they're entirely irrelevant in points leagues, but much more of the pitcher's production comes from just how often he gets a save. Yep.
0: After Josh Hayter went, we see Logan Webb, Jose Barrios... Uh, and then I selected Justin Verlander, 47 you know, overall. It's very I early. I thought about it.
3: It's very I early. I thought about taking Justin Verlander with my last pick. I decided not to, but I thought about
0: it. Strongly considered. And yeah, so I, I recently, just last night, I moved him up to SP15 in the ranks. Sounds completely aggressive, uh, maybe even borderline egregious for a 39-year-old coming back from Tommy John surgery, but he's looked like himself all of spring training. Yeah. And this is something that we mentioned early in the off season that if he looks like himself, he's going to rocket up draft boards and rightfully. So look, my first two starting pitchers are Zach Wheeler and Justin Verlander, you know, two months into the season, I might have like two arms combined from my starting pitchers, but you know, look, if, if they're both healthy, they're, they're, they both should be standouts in this format. So uh, I moved Verlander just up behind Charlie Morton, 14th and 15th respectively as starting pitchers in my ranks. And I feel good about it. So uh, I nab him as my SP2. And then at the turn, we see Lance Lynn and Frankie Montas to kick off round five. I selected Wander Franco and then Alex Bregman goes. So I have three hitters thus far. Vladimir Guerrero, Wander Franco, and Yordan Alvarez to go along with two starting pitchers, Zach Wheeler and Justin Verlander.
3: Yeah, the way I feel about Justin Verlander at this point is like the only questions he could have answered at this point, he's answered. Does he look like himself? Whether that means he's going to make it through a whole season is completely unknowable. But I'm not sure his risk is that much higher than the the other starting pitchers in that range. I mean, they're starting pitchers. Their risk of injury is high to begin with. So, yeah, I it's hard to come up with like a really strong case against uh, moving him, you know, significantly higher at this point.
0: After I selected Wander Franco, Alex Bregman, Teoscar Hernandez, great value on Teoscar, 52nd overall, Freddie Peralta, Nick Cassiano somebody I thought about as well. I really came into this draft thinking I wanted to get players that I haven't wound up with in any other drafts and players that I really like. And so far, outside of Sandy, I've been able to do that. So uh, Nick cassiano was one of those players I was considering as well for that reason. Chris, you are back up. It is round five and you have 13 seconds left to pick.
3: Here comes the money! You're
0: falling. That means you're muted, Chris.
3: Oh, I was just say, saying I'm really struggling over and over and over <laughs> again. So and you weren't really missing out on anything.
0: And then I hit the wrong button. I meant I meant to hit your Joey Gallo <laughs> song and I hit my uh, my Shane O'Mac music, but I did I, think I, I like the pick you made. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic pick. Chris Bryant, 55th overall, and I believe I'll pull up his ADP over the past two weeks at the NFBC, but I believe it's inside of the top 60 picks. Like this is right around yeah, I mean, where he, he's he going. was a
3: guy prior to 2019 and even 2019. Like he got to 490 points in 147 games. I think you just give him 500. He was consistently that kind of player before that last season. He didn't quite get there, but with course field 427 in and 144 games, I think you can just like, even if he's just the guy he was last year, but playing all his games at course field, I think you can probably feel pretty good about him being that kind of, you know, very very good hitter in this format.
0: The ADP for Chris Bryant last two weeks 57.6. So this is right about where he goes. Uh, all mm-hmm. right, Scott, you selected Jose Altuve. And let's mm-hmm. check in on your team here and see what you got going on. I believe you have three hitters and two pitchers. Yes. I do.
2: You've got I do. So I'd, I'd rather have the two hitters and three pitchers, but you know, there there was People went pretty heavy on pitchers in rounds three and four, so that that happens. If if Freddie Peralta had made it to me, I, I might have had a tough decision. If Chris hadn't taken Chris Bryant, I might have had a tough decision there. But Jose Altuve was actually the hitter I was considering when I eventually went Charlie Morton in round four. Uh, I love Jose Altuve, especially in this format. Last year... The top two second baseman in terms of points per game, Trey Turner, of course, 3.74. Marcus Simeon, a historic season for a second baseman, 3.66. Jose Altuve was right there, 3.60. He was well ahead of Ozzie Albies, 3.45. And, well, he was ahead of Ozzie Albies. He was well ahead of, like, the rest in that tier, Catel Marte, Brandon Lau, Whit Merrifield. So I think uh, his lack of strikeouts, obviously, scoring a ton of runs. you the top of the Astros lineup you know, he's the candidate to to be right there with the very top second baseman. If you've
0: ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. After Jose Altuve, Nolan Arenado, Joe Musgrove, and Paul Goldschmidt. I think it's great value on Goldschmidt as well. I don't see a yeah. huge difference between him and Olsen and Alonso. And those guys went in round three, and Paul Goldschmidt just went pick 59. So
2: Yeah, I think it's less of an upside weighing the, the relative upside of the three is risk, you know, because Paul Goldschmidt, he looked like he was fading, you know, he was, he was cooked. And then he has this resurgent season last year 34. Where did that come from? Did you guys see, by the
0: way, on Wednesday afternoon, the Cardinals scored 29 runs against the Washington Nationals. I, I only bring it up because I saw that Paul Goldschmidt had a massive game. I think he went four for four, a home run and a steal, which, Scott, do you remember what we called that last year?
2: I don't. Oh, a sock and a shoe. A
0: sock and a shoe <laughs> for Paul Goldschmidt. Our first of mention of a sock and a shoe uh, this season has been for one Paul Goldschmidt at the turn. I mean, that's, that
3: was you know about 25 runs per major league caliber player that the Washington Nationals currently have in their projected infield. So, you know, I think that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, after Paul Goldschmidt went, Whitmerry Field to finish out round five. And then Liam Hendricks, Byron Buxton, and Trevor Story, which both picks, I think, uh, just elicited a, a sigh from Chris Towers.
3: Actually more story than Buxton. Even though I already have a short, shortstop, I was really hoping story would fall a couple more spots and I could, you know, eventually put him in that second base spot. Um, a good idea. Yeah. Cause I mean, he was consistently a 550 ish point player prior to last season and I don't think he'll be that good but the counting stats should be really really good with the Boston Red Sox the only concern there I guess would be that it does look like he's gonna bat in the lower half of the lineup
0: it's which so is, weird man like they're yeah. projecting him to bat six they said he is gonna bat second against left-handed pitching so I was watching the Red Sox yeah. game earlier they brought that up but I mean men Enrique Hernandez Find someone who loves you the way that Alex Cora loves Enrique Hernandez. Like, why is this guy? He's a I mean, he's look, a fine the, uh, ball player, but why does he
2: lead off instead of Trevor Story, for example? I just that's the uh,
3: that's the Boricua connection, well, man. And,
2: and you know, this doesn't get mentioned enough when we're obsessing over line. Not just us, but everybody who analyzes these things obsesses over lineups at the start of the year. Like, starting lineups change constantly <laughs> over the course of the season. I doubt. Trevor Story's going to bat sixth all year. Um, So I wouldn't sweat it so much. I was frustrated here because I just got sniped on Carlos Rodon. Okay, so he wasn't going to make it to me. No, no chance. No chance. These were the last two pitchers in a tier for me. Carlos Rodon was one. You, Darvish, is the other. I would rather have Rodon, but I'll go Darvish here as my third starting pitcher.
0: All right. Yeah. Starting pitcher. Oh Gosh, it's drying up a little bit here. Uh, all right. So Carlos Jordan went 64th overall. Scott selects you Darvish and we are up to Chris's pick. This is 66th overall. And Chris, I believe you only have one starting pitcher to this point.
3: I believe that is accurate. Yes, I Rob, do. Only Robbie have Ray. one starting.
0: P- yep.
3: Robert Ray. And I'm not going to reach for the, any, any of the other guys who are here. So just going to keep moving on and fill up those starting sp- pitcher spots later um which you know that's fine well
2: yeah i mean cross, i think it's easier to justify this year than last year
0: oh i'm really struggling though <laughs> <laughs> uh we've got about 10 seconds left here all right i'm
3: just going to get an edge at the catcher spot and take will smith
0: yeah not a bad idea who i, I think it's a fine pick yeah
3: yeah, I mean, look, he, he needs to get better, I think, to to really like, make himself stand out in this format. But the play discipline's really good, and if the playing time increases and he can get over 500 plate appearances, then I think you can start talking about him as a uh, you know, real difference maker in this format.
0: All right, and after you selected Will Smith, Alec Manoa goes off the board. I should probably start thinking about what I would like to do... I have 3 hitters and 2 pitchers thus far. I was kind of looking at Catel Marte who just Yeah, went. I'm, a,
2: I'm a little surprised Kristen to take Catel Marte cuz I, I I after taking Altuve, I gave some thought to taking him as an outfielder. Marte mm.
0: Yeah, fantastic.
2: I certainly considered it.
0: He's great yeah. in this format, too. It's, you know, someone who's yeah. going to hit for a high batting average. Even if he doesn't hit a ton of home runs, those great will be, play discipline. Those will be doubles. He'll walk. He'll get on base, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully score some runs. <laughs> I don't know how many in that Diamondbacks lineup, but he is very, very good in this format. Uh, yeah, I was kind of
3: hoping he would get traded this year. And
0: instead, instead he of... signs an extension. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean,
3: look, I get it.
2: Hey, one thing that's get your happened- money, man here early on is like, this is going to be one of those drafts where I'm going to have to get creative at third base because after that Jose Altuve pick that I was patting myself on the back for the last third baseman in that tier, Nolan Arenado went, I think with the very next pick. So Bregman, Alex Bregman, who's more of a points league specialist went earlier in round Mm -hmm. five. Um, Riley of course was already gone. And then Arenado went at the end of round five. So, you know, I, I'm in an uncomfortable spot here at third base, and I don't know if that means going for Anthony Rendon, who, you know, this this is the better format for him, too. or I mean, if he's been even he's been an elite player in this format before. Yes. If, if you trust him to bounce back, then, like, this is the format where you're more eager to invest in him. But I don't necessarily trust him to bounce back is the thing. So I might wait even longer uh, for somebody like Matt Chapman. We'll see.
0: All right, let's catch people up. After Catel Marte, Brandon Lau, and JT Realmuto off the board, and I am wrestling with something right now, which I don't want to reveal until after I make both of my picks. I'd love to take Lindor, but I took Juan Franco. It's shortstop is so deep. This is what I was just talking about on yesterday's podcast. There's just it's tough, man. I'm going to select Jorge Polanco and uh, as my second baseman. We did a few mock drafts this offseason where I just wound up with a dreadful second baseman and, and I don't want to do that. So uh, Jorge yeah. Polanco, someone who also very good in this format, makes a lot of contact. Don't think he's going to hit as many home runs as he did last year, even if that's you know 25 homers. Strong batting average, good plate discipline in an improving Twins lineup. Um, I'm perfectly you know, fine taking him at this point in the draft.
3: What we just saw was um, Starling Martego's 72nd overall. <clears throat> And this is not Starling Marte's best format, but that's a really good value. He just kept falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. Uh-huh. And yeah, he probably shouldn't have as far. And I passed on him several times when he was technically the top player in my rankings. So I'm just as guilty of that as anybody. But it,
2: he, that's, that's a really good value. This is generally not regarded as a better format, but he was so prolific as a base stealer last yeah. year. Three point seven seven points per game is what Starling Marte averaged in this format last year. The only outfielders that were better were Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Bryce Harper, and Ronald Acuna. Starling Marte was the fourth best outfielder in this format on a per game basis last year. So, yeah, I was kind of like hoping people would be scared of that oblique injury and he could make it back to me in round seven because he's playing in games now. If Darvish wasn't there, I would. Yeah, I was. I would have taken him in round six. I. I agree. That was a good pick there. Who made that pick? Should give him credit.
0: That was, I believe, Kevin Richardson. Kevin Richardson. The thing I was just looking at Kevin's team. He's now filled up all three of his outfield spots and we're mm. seven seven rounds into the draft. So he's got three tough, outfielders, bro. a shortstop, and three starting pitchers. So I mean, hey, you just if you're just taking the best values, Starling yeah. Marte was one of them. And and by the way, I was checking in on the Mets game earlier as well and, and I saw him steal a base. They're not going to let this guy run if he's still feeling the effects of this oblique. You know, he said he felt something in his rib. Look, if he's running, I think the guy is healthy. So that is a fantastic pick, 72nd overall. To start round seven, Carlos Correa went and then hit the music.
3: Here comes the money.
0: Here we go. Money
3: talk. talk. Here comes the money.
0: I selected Shane O'Mac, Shane McClanahan. He was my top-ranked starting pitcher available. He's my SP3 Probably not his best format. I don't know how deep he's going to go into each of his starts, but I think when he pitches, he will be efficient, and he should earn wins uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays behind him, and uh, I needed a pitcher, so (laughs) i take Shane O'Mac there. After I took him, J.D. Martinez, Luis Castillo, Framber Valdez, Valdez, great pick. I kind of was hoping he would make it back to me a little bit later on, Uh, and then Francisco Lindor, 78th overall in the seventh round. You know why I love it. Chris, you're up.
3: All right, you ready for me to take someone I have not drafted at all
0: this year? I am ready. Whoa! Yeah. I'm pretty sure every time you've talked about him, you said that you can't watch him pitch when he's pitching. I know,
3: I just can't put the, the TV on when he's pitching. <laughs> but the the potential volume that he can give you, the the fact that a lot of the guys in this range of starting pitcher, Dylan Cease, who's who we're talking about, the fact that a lot of the guys in this range of starting pitcher come with injury question marks, like Dylan Cease, the question is in innings. But if he's able to be a little more efficient, and he can throw 180 innings. Like he could be a 240 strikeout guy. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I'm. It, it's a bet on a talented player when I you know, really did need a starting pitcher. And th- this is why you don't necessarily love to be in a spot where you feel like you need to draft a specific type of player.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point Chris and one that we haven't really hit on much this offseason, but when you draft a balanced roster, it allows you in the middle and late rounds to be versatile and just draft whatever you want, whatever position you might need or whatever category you might need. Yeah. But you know, if mm-hmm. you take a lot of pitching early, then you're going to find yourself, "Oh, I have to take hitters here," or vice versa. So, you know, when you have a balanced roster, it allows you that flexibility later on in and your drafts. It,
3: and it's especially tough in this format when you've got fewer lineup spots, so like I could have taken Tim Anderson, but I don't have anywhere to put him. I literally would not have a starting spot for him because I've already yeah. got a shortstop. I've already, already got my utility spot. So that's also you know, one of the downfalls of taking Shohei Otani where I did, which, hey, I mean, it was a great value, right? 13, 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. 17th overall Shohei Otani, even in points league, that's quite good. But it, it, it can handcuff you a little bit.
0: I have the solution, Chris. Just play Otani as a pitcher. There you go. <laughs> All right, after yeah, you true. after you selected Dylan Cease, we see Scott selected Brian Reynolds, then Jonathan India, Pablo Lopez, Christian Yelich, and then Jose Abreu to finish out round seven. Uh, Scott, talk to me about Brian Reynolds, someone who also seems like he is built for this format.
2: Yeah, great play discipline. Uh, his Great across-the-board numbers. I think the l- if he falls short in anything, it's home runs, and, and you're not going to miss those as much in this format. Cause he's going to be getting a lot of extra base hits on the hole. So you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with him as my number one outfielder. I was also considering Pablo Lopez there as my f- fourth starting pitcher, uh, and he ended up going two picks later. So I'm not going to get him on the bounce back clearly.
0: But yeah, I'm, I'm
2: still happy with it. No regrets. No regrets.
0: <laughs> no regrets, like the uh, Snickers commercial. Uh, to start off round eight, Trevor Rogers, oof, Ranger Suarez, 86th overall, who is now the unquestioned SPARP in this format. Starting pitcher with relief pitcher eligibility. Luis Severino is dealing with that arm injury right now. Ranger Suarez, he's a little bit behind. He's going to make his spring debut over the weekend. But once he returns, I, I think he is unquestionably, the top SPARP available in this format.
3: Although, if you were just ranking them for, like, week one and two, I might put Kopek ahead of him. The, the the concern isn't, is can Kopech be better than him? The concern is, you know, how many points is he going to score over the course of a
0: season? Right. Yeah, as long as well, he's Kopech's in the rotation. a little behind, too. As long as Kopek's in the rotation, he, he should be very effective, it's just how deep is he going to go into his starts as well, I mean, that's something that also matters quite a bit in this format, obviously, you know, you get three points per inning pitched, so the more length you get out of your pitchers, the better it is, Uh, after Ranger Suarez, Eloy Jimenez, and Tim Anderson, so, all right, a little double tap there on the White Sox, and again, two, I think, great values, you know, Eloy, Tim Anderson, you know, might not be their best format, but... You know, like Starling Marte, maybe these guys are being, you know, pushed down a little bit too much in this draft. Scott, you were up in the eighth round. Let's take a gander at your team. I know Brian Reynolds was your previous pick. You have uh-huh. three starting pitchers, Scherzer, Morton, Darvish, and you have four hitters. Brian Reynolds, Bo Bichette, Jose Altuve, and Salvador Perez.
2: Not really sure what I want to do here. There's something I kind of want to do. But <laughs> I know exactly what it is.
3: Do you? Yes, I do. I wonder if it's the same guy I just put in my queue.
2: Ooh, you know what? I'm at
0: a little bit of a disadvantage here because whoever's in my queue, everyone on YouTube gets to see.
2: So I can't really do that. That's what I'm I taking th- Kyle. I'm, I'm taking Kyle. Uh, okay. That's, that's so what I Kyle thought. was
3: number two guy. in my queue.
2: That's what I thought you were going to do. That's not
3: who was at the top of my queue. You guys want to guess who was at the top of my queue? Frank, let's see if we, it was the same guy.
0: No, no, no. Well, I, I will say it, will- it. I will say it if you draft him because if not, I want to draft this player. Okay. Well, maybe... It, yes, that's exactly it. Yes, that was yes. it.
2: That, yes. was who, that was who I kind of wanted to take, but I didn't feel like I could do it without Schwarber. Fernando, Fernando Tatis. Tatis.
0: Yes, yeah. that's Fernando. <laughs> we didn't mention his name, Look, but yes, yeah, Fernando the, Tatis. The thought process is,
3: shallower format, replacement levels higher, so the, the time that you're spent without him mm-hmm. is going to potentially hurt less. Yep. And then the fact that it's a shallow format also means that when he's in there, the impact he makes on your lineup is even greater because there are fewer lineup spots total.
2: Very true.
3: And the fact that it's a head-to-head points league, I mean, if you sneak into the playoffs, but you've got Fernando Tatis from you know week 14 on, it means you've got a free first rounder, basically. So by that point, Mike Trout...
2: It might be week 10 on. It might not be week 14 on. Sure.
3: And so, you know, by that point, Mike Trout will be out of my lineup, so I can just put Fernando (laughs) Tatis
0: right back in there.
2: Fair enough. Just swap out one first rounder for another. I'm kind of wishing I'd just taken him instead of Schwarber now.
0: That's exactly what I. As soon <laughs> I as you said it, Scott. It Schwarber, if you had Scott, as yeah. soon as you said, I'm thinking about doing something. I was like, Yep, it's Fernando
3: yeah, Tatis. Okay. I knew it. <laughs> and it was literally was, like two seconds after I dropped him in my queue.
2: I'm not as clever as I think I am, apparently. <laughs> but I, I still think you
0: made a fine pick, and Kyle Schwarber, who should be very, very good in this format as well. I think it was three point three fantasy points per game that he averaged yes. last year
2: yes that it was basically the same as teoscar hernandez so if if what schwarber did last year was legitimate then yeah he should be a fixture in my lineup if he regresses at all you know he might become a little fringy we'll see
0: after chris selected fernando tatis we see sean mania and anthony rendon go off the board third base we've uh just nearly hit the wasteland area of third base so uh Not great Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, I should mention there are three IL spots in this league, so if you want (laughs) to... Oh, that hurt. Yasmani Grandal just went, I really wanted Grandal. Uh, He is, look, someone that just excels in any type of OBP format, but, I mean, especially, last year he averaged 3.4 fantasy points per game, Grandal did. That was .3 better than Salvador Perez, who was... Amazing. Who's hit 48 home runs. I mean, that's... You know what they call How him. good grandall was when he actually played. You know what they call him. What do they call
3: him? Yasmani Money grandall
0: <laughs> Man, he's... Uh, <laughs> his listeners are good, man. They're crushing me. Sandy and, and grandall right before my picks. It's, this isn't great. All right, so I've got to figure um, out what I want to do now instead. Uh, I have four hitters and three pitchers as well. We're coming up on the end of round eight. I have one of my picks in mind. Oh, that's... Well, that, that was the pick that I had in mind. Clayton Kershaw goes 94th overall. You know, it probably was the best that I didn't select him because I already I got Zach Wheeler. I got Verlander. You know, I've, I've got some risk already. I, I don't know that Kershaw made the most sense, but he was my top pitcher available. So he was somebody that I was considering. And now I am on the clock. And... Hmm, do I want to do that? I'm thinking. I think I want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I've already got... This is a fun group of hitters I've got. Vlad, Jorge Polanco, Wander Franco, Yordan Alvarez. It's about to get a little bit more fun as well. I'm going to select Bobby Witt with the 95th overall pick here, and he'll be in my util spot to start the season assuming he's on the opening day roster, but we'll earn, will be. earn third base eligibility, and then I could just slot him in as my third baseman. So, Oh, I even forgot.
2: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking, I can't take him. I already have a shortstop. If he made it one more round, I, I was, okay, I'll just fill my utility spot with Bobby Witt. But I needed a third baseman, so... I'm definitely not as clever as I thought I was. Yeah, um, no, it's it's interesting because I wanted to say, and it just got the opportunity passed me by. When you took Jorge Polanco last round, and, and you kind of reacted like it was a little early, I wanted to say there were two players that I just moved up a tier and mm. at shortstop into that already giant tier that includes like uh, Carlos Correa. And Wander Franco and, and Corey Seager and all of them, one of them was Jorge Polanco. The other is the guy you just took, Bobby Witt, who went in round five in our last, very last roto mock. You know, go round five here, he probably shouldn't have gone round in round five in that other one either. But like, he looks like the real deal, and there's like, there's no doubt he's on the opening day roster. It doesn't even seem to be a question anymore uh, among Royals beat writers.
0: All right, after I selected Bobby Witt at the turn, we see uh, Javier Baez and Joey Votto. Ooh, the profit pocket starts to uh, get picked at there. And then I selected somebody I have not drafted a single time this offseason. Chris Bassett, 98th overall, second pick of round nine. He's my SP4 to go along with Verlander, Wheeler, Shane McClanahan. I felt like I needed a high floor play in my rotation I was looking at a few other names who have you know some breakout potential, but I feel like Chris Bassett kind of fits what my rotation needs at this point, and he's my SP four. He goes deep into his starts as well, uh, and you know worry a little bit about him moving outside of Oakland, but City Field is still a really good park to pitch in. Uh, I think he should be mostly fine this upcoming year. John uh, Carlos Stanton goes, then Willie Adamas, and Tyler O'Neill, another one who Roto is his better format, but I think he was devalued too long in this draft. And he lasts to pick one hundred and one. That's Tyler O'Neill in the ninth round, and I think it is a fantastic pick. Uh, then Max Muncy goes. Chris, is that what caused your sigh? Yeah, my hope was to take Reese Hoskins here
3: and then Max Muncy on the on the way back. Um, so I guess maybe I wasn't going to be able to get Muncy either way, but I ended up with Hoskins, who is a really good player in this format. And if he you know stays healthy, should be
0: a contender for that 500-point 500, 500 mark that I've been talking about. Chris, just take the profit and run, baby. Reese Hoskins mm-hmm. there, pick 103 overall. And Max Muncie. by the way, averaged 3.4 fantasy points per game last year. That was the same amount as Ozzy Albies, who went in the third round yeah. of this draft. Scott, Yeah, I would have been thrilled to have him as my second baseman. Scott, you were up here in round nine. What do we got?
2: I definitely want to take a pitcher because I feel like... I feel like we're... Um, we're about to see that position drop off again mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure which pitcher to take I, I went with Adam Wayne right I went with the safest option in my 40 yeah, year old non- strikeout guys the safest option but <laughs> there there are a lot of uh a lot of guys dealing with injuries let's say who I could would have considered instead and um, you, you know the the thing is we we think Wainwright, as we think of Wainwright as not an upside guy, but he he was top ten in this format last year. He pitches deep. He wins a lot of games on a on a playoff caliber team. And uh, yeah, hopefully he doesn't take a step back this year.
0: Adam Wainwright, by the way, was second in baseball last year, in innings pitched per start behind only Zach Wheeler. So again, in this format, it's not flashy. He's not going to get you the strikeouts, but, a great defense behind him, great division to pitch in. He's going to go up against the Pirates and the Cubs quite a bit. Uh, so, as a result, I think I mean, he should be valuable once again. Yeah,
3: you know, he averaged, like, what, five and a half strikeouts per start. It's not a huge number, but, you know, because he was pitching so deep into into the games, it's not it's not
0: nothing. It's not, yeah. I Again, like, it's a point that Scott has made all ah. offseason for... Now, I don't want to throw names out there. <laughs> once they once they get selected, we talk more about them. But you know, it's those pitchers that go deep into their starts. You know, the K per nine isn't necessarily high, but the strikeout, the raw strikeout total, will be higher than you think because they throw as many innings as they do. After Scott selected Adam Wainwright, Dalton Varsho, C.J. Crone, more of the profit pocket. Chris Sale, who we got good news on yesterday, Scott said he was,
2: was that you, was that who you made made your side just now, Chris Chris Sale. Yeah, I would have loved yeah. to have had him on the way back. It was it yeah. was between him and him and Wayne Wright with that last yeah. pick. Yeah, I,
0: I, I just didn't think that I could afford... I, I thought about it as well. I just... I don't think I could afford to take another injured pitcher. I, I think I needed that floor play. So again, I went with Chris Bassett to finish out round nine. Jesse Winker and then starting off round ten. Wilson Contreras, Marcelo Zuna and Ryseli Glacius. So I believe the third closer off the board there in round ten now. Um, Marcelo Zuna... You know, we haven't necessarily talked about the skill set and, and how much it works in this format, but he's someone who walks quite a bit as well when everything is going right. He's going to hit home runs. And yeah, I mean, if he could stay on the field, then it's someone who should excel in this format as well. So, really strong pick there with Marcel Ozuna. And we are
2: into. Rice, go ahead, Scott. Rice Iglesias went here with the third pick of round 10. Emmanuel Class A is still out there. And I just. I mean, it seems like absurd value, but I just don't think they're going to be able to separate themselves enough to to justify it. Like I, I feel like we're running out of opportunities to fill to, to like get a a true fixture in those other spots in the lineup. And I, yeah, I, I, that feels like a higher priority to me. I will point out with Raisel Iglesias at this point
0: in the draft in round ten last year, he scored four hundred and thirty seven point five fantasy points, and I believe when I looked this up earlier. That would have ranked as a top 24 starting pitcher. Like, right there on the fringe as, like, an SP2. Yeah. That's pretty valuable to get as your closer yeah, in, in round 10.
3: That's, you know, th- there were a lot of guys who probably made 26 starts who had more than that, you know? Or who are fewer than that, but would have been higher. So, yep. you know, it, it's the kind of thing where, like, unless you get 40 saves, it's really hard to stand out as a as a relief pitcher. That, that It's just, it's hard.
0: And there are no closers who are getting 40 saves at this point. The league leader was Mark Melanson with 39 last season. Blake Snell was the next pick and Scott, you're up.
2: Yeah. I hated that Blake Snell pick because I wanted to make it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was, that was the other one. I mentioned a couple different pitchers who were dealing with injury. In Snell's case, it isn't so much as an injury. It's just a late start. So he, he might miss his first turn through the rotation, but he, he seems on track otherwise. And, uh, Yeah, he just went after Chris Sale went a few picks earlier. So I dipped into the profit pocket at first base, took Josh Bell. He is the third of that profit pocket to go off the board, which I think is five now. I think it's five deep. Oh, I'm sorry. He's actually the fourth of the profit pocket to go off the board. The only one who hasn't yet is the newest member, Luke Voigt.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I was trying to think of some kind of reference of like a band that added somebody later on, like once they were already established, Chris, this sounds like something that you'd be great at. Uh, but before we he's
3: get the, to, he's, he's the Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, I agree that that makes a lot of sense. Um, After Josh Bell went, Chris, you selected Eduardo Rodriguez and Nathan of So some starting pitchers going off the board here. Uh, and I know both you and I, Chris have Eduardo Rodriguez as a breakout this season
3: yeah, we've seen him hit that five hundred point mark. Um, you know, I think innings shouldn't be much of a concern for him. He's proven to to be a a pretty reliable source of, you know, I guess not necessarily innings in the past because he's had some efficiency issues, but that actually was less of an issue the past couple of years. Last season, it was mostly because of the, you know, kind of what we believe to be bad luck that he suffered through last season. So you know, the peripherals. Mostly suggest he should have been a lot better. I think he's someone who the 200 strikeout mark is a pretty safe bet. 180 innings, and I I think he'll be a a solid option in either format. By the way, the um, the it might have been better to say like Billy Preston with the Beatles. You know, famously referred to as the fifth Beatle, came in during the Let It Be sessions. You know, maybe maybe that makes more sense.
2: Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, after Maybe see, it doesn't. I have no idea. Yeah. I just,
0: uh, Scott, you don't know? I don't know. Uh, after Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Evaldi, and Tyler Malley. So, some pitchers going off the board here. And I'm up in two picks. I mean, Joe Woods and Nick Waterbury. These guys have been crushing me all drafts. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, I would expect nothing less. Marcus Stroman goes. Someone who I do like quite a bit in points leagues. He's a lot like Adam Wainwright. He's not flashy, but he goes deep into his starts. He uh, is pretty efficient. You know, doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. I don't know how many wins he's going to get with the Cubs, but um, I think he should get a a good amount of quality starts, if nothing else. After Stroman, Jazz Chisholm goes, and I am on the board here in round 10. Okay, I am thinking about a few things that I would like to do here. Hmm. That's kind of fun. Uh, all right. Uh, do I wanna do it? Man. You do. I oh, think you do, Frank. I think I wanna do it too,
2: Scott. Right, you never <laughs> wanted to do anything more than this.
1: Oh
0: I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna dive in and I'm gonna take the chance on Cody Bellinger, who looks absolutely lost in spring training. I think he has something like twenty strikeouts at this point, but it's round ten pick 119 former MVP he's still 26 years old I, I'm just gonna cross my fingers and hope for the best I needed a second outfielder and so Cody Bellinger is that guy to go along with your Alvarez so uh, let's see let's see if he can get back on track Emmanuel Class A goes here uh, at the end of round 10 and the first pick of round 11 is going to be Justin Turner I'm going to make my pick and then we will sign off of hour one, and we'll jump into hour two. Um, I am going to... Let me make sure I don't have a third baseman. I don't think I do. I don't have a third... Oh, no! I took Bobby Witt. What am I doing? Don't do it, Frank. Yeah, so I don't need that guy. I'll leave him for you, Scott. Uh, Alright, so that, uh, that allows me... I wasn't to, looking at third base yet. I don't know where you were going. Uh, I am going to select Logan Gilbert. One okay. of the breakout starting pitchers I referred to earlier on that I, I consider with my last pick, so... Very happy to get him here at the end of round 11. And before we talk about anything more, we're going to sign off here, part one on the podcast side, but make sure to listen in to part two as well. And we'll be back right after this. Bye-bye.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.